0: Welcome to the Multidimensional Evolution Podcast. I am your host, Kim McCall. If you want to find out more about life beyond the physical dimension, this is the place to be. We will be having conversations to expand your consciousness and help you reconnect with your essential self. But given the subject matter is a request. Don't believe in anything, including what is shared here. Experiment, have your own experiences, and always use discernment. Episode 6, where I'm talking with Peter Morton, author of Ancient Wisdom for Modern Times, Reiki practitioner and explorer of energy healing. I think you will really enjoy hearing Peter's story of how she went from a materialistic and discontented person to someone who dedicates her time to energy healing and enthusiastic explorations of all elements of the spiritual nature of life. It sounds like she literally got a wake-up call from a deeper part of herself, and a whole lot of synchronicities and profound expansions of consciousness unfolded once she acted on that call. Peter explains Reiki, describes some of the visionary experiences that have come to guide her life, the study of cymatics, in which energy frequencies are made visible, and much more. And I encourage you to stay on after what seems to be the end, because we actually come back to demonstrate one of the phenomena discussed, which is sound effects captured by computers during distant healing via Skype. So a couple of days after our chat, we connected again and Peter spent about five minutes sending Reiki to me and anybody else who might be listening to this. And while this is happening, you can hear some enigmatic chirping sounds, so make sure you stay tuned till the very end peter welcome and thanks for coming onto the show today
1: oh thank you so much for having me here i'm really excited about this
0: yeah look i'm i'm so looking forward to talking with you about the different areas that you've been active in. You do Reiki and you, you, you look at sound and um, it looks to me there's a whole diverse range of, of interests that you bring to understanding energy and consciousness. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to diving into that. And I would like to start with something I, I noticed, um, I think I was on your website, that you have a background in, in the military and in the police, and I was interested just to, I wanted to make that point really because I think there's still some stereotypes around people in the military, even though there's actually quite a lot of people, if you start looking at the consciousness literature, there's a lot of people with that background who actually have strong interests in, in understanding consciousness, understanding energy, but I think sometimes there's a bit of a stereotype around that that there's kind of this incompatible with the sort of work that you're doing now um and i guess i'd be interested to hear from you your 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 transition you know out of out of uh that work to to now being a healer and an empath and um and all the things that you do today
1: yeah. It's worlds apart, isn't it? It's, and I, I, do you know, I still don't really understand how I wound up in the army. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. I mean, I was, I was in military intelligence, which is, um, a bit of a contradiction in terms really. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I, I think it was kind of a running away, you know, it was my way of looking for security and, you know, uh, I left home very, very young and, um, you know, I just, I I needed something. I wanted to travel and I needed a wage and it wasn't really much more complex than that. You know, it wasn't some, I didn't have this sort of burning desire to, to, to go and shoot people or, um, I've always, I've always been in service, you know, even I I worked in anti-terrorism and. uh, and then when I was policing, I was I was you know I was never really the the traffic cop at the side of the road you know stopping people for drink driving or for speeding. I was always tended to be the person that would you know sit with somebody that's just been sexually abused or I mm. uh, you know I'd be the one that was often going off and delivering a death message or you know that sort of thing. Um, but I, I but I think winding up in the army was really uh, a default from leaving home really young and. And not really knowing, you know, how to survive. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't in there. I wasn't in the army for very long. You know, I, I literally I signed up and I was out pretty much as quickly as I could. But I learned so much actually, and it's all been really, really useful for the work I do now, um, and helping me understand much better how people tick, um, especially the policing. You know, how that that whole victim mentality. Um, understanding that offenders are really still people as well Mm. and you know having been able to have compassion for some of the people that have found themselves in really difficult situations um you know on both sides of of you know we we talk about victim and offender but it's much more complex than that so so actually it's been a really useful um a really useful process for me um and you know later on going on i i i when I moved over to, to France, probably about 16, 18 years ago, 16 years ago now, I think, and I um, worked as a, an estate agent and I sold these beautiful, big, posh country homes. Mm. Um, I um, was selling equestrian properties and working, scouting for, you know, the super wealthy. Uh, a lot of my clients were very
0: high net worth and um, the English mainly. Were you there to help sell to English or um, English
1: example? speaking? English speaking, but I used to um, I used to sell stud farms and racing stables, and you know, there's. So I, you know, had this very materialistic um, view of life, and actually quite a quite a dysfunctional view of of materialism as well. You know, I was I was chasing the next commission, and with all the pressure that that came mm. from that. And and my idea of money was a bit seedy as well. You know, a lot of the people that I was working for, not all of them. I have some lovely. I had some lovely, lovely clients. But you know, a lot of the people that I was working for had. Um. The, the I have to tread carefully with what I say here. <laughs> um. Yeah, a lot of the people I was working working for had gain their their money in ways that I found quite distasteful, you know, with, through um, banking and fracking and, and, you know, exploiting other people. And so it gave me quite, um, yeah, quite a dysfunctional view of what money was as an energy. You know, mm. for me, it was quite It was was quite interesting actually. I did an exercise a while back on, you know, we had to personify money. And it really was, you know, for me, money was this white supremacist. (laughs) Uh, And so, you know, that as well has has given me a whole different perspective on things because, of course, today I know some amazing people who do fabulous things with money and really contribute a lot and help a lot. So, you know, it's all been, uh, I, I think I've been exploring polarities really you, mm. know? you know looking at one view and thinking okay well what might that look like instead what can you know what can we do with community and what could we build with those sorts of energies um yeah so yeah,
0: yeah uh, i like the uh, i i liked um you know what you said about like with with the money i think that that is a, a trap that we often fall in that we judge it by people who who gain it through ways that are perhaps not ethically aligned with where we would like to be, rather. That's than, what I wanted
1: to say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, but really, it's an energy, right, as you say, right? And it amplifies if people if people are ethically creating beautiful things in the world, um, they can make a lot of money. And if people are unethically exploiting others, they can make a lot of money that way and the, the, it's not the money that is the issue, it's the underlying intention and motivation.
1: Intention, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's kind of how I, I got into, into this work is, you know, I spent my whole life um, very fear-based, um, you know, not a fearful person as such, in fact, quite the opposite, you know, quite um, quite assertive and, you know, lots of action and comp- very competitive and quite a poor me sort of person. You know, I was okay. probably that woman that you didn't want to bump into in the supermarket on a Sunday morning. Uh, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't want to say, how are you, to me, because I'd have told you, and it was never good, you know. Yes, you? <laughs> I was that, you know, just a real moaning mini. I just, it was a habit. <laughs> I, I just learned this way of responding, you know. Any, mm-hmm. any opportunity, I tell people how awful my life was and what was wrong and... Um, didn 't really see anything um, any opportunities or anything good in life, and so I got to a, a place which now I can see was kind of a place a thing of my own making yes, but I got to a place in my life where really nothing was working, and you know relationships were breaking down uh, my business was um, it w- was really struggling, financial challenges um, I had cancer. And uh, so I had a long battle with that, and then at the end of it, I—a a silly thing—but I um, had a pony. We were really massively into um, sport ponies and competing, and um, she became um, way too valuable, and so sort of she was put placed with another another family, and that was kind of the the crushing of all my sort of, dreams and ambitions mm-hmm. and things as well. So sort of every aspect of my life just disintegrated and um
0: it, must you know, it really bad.
1: was yeah but I think it's very common mm. you know it really is that dark light of the soul it's that stripping away of all the levels of the ego really you know everything you'd previously identified with and you know even just silly things from your kids growing up and leaving home and you know all these labels we give ourselves you know I'm a competent professional and I'm a mother and they all you know, my kids went went to uni. And so you lose all, all these things that have have sort of formed the basis of your life. And they all went in one in one go. And it sort of left me, it actually left me parked up at the side of the road, shouting at the universe. <laughs> well. um, there better be something good that comes out of all this. <laughs> I wasn't quite that polite, but um but it, it's funny, it's the first time in my life I've ever actually asked. I, I still struggle with the labels we, we put on this stuff, but I asked for something bigger than myself to help. You know, I mean, you could say, I prayed, I formed an intention, however you want to word it. But I, it's the first time, really, I got to a place, place of total, total surrender. Mm. And I said, you know, there's got to be something that comes out of this. Um that actually is useful and does good for other people, you know, rather than myself. So and, did you have
0: at that point, sorry, but did you have at that point um, some kind of, were you praying, you know, it was, did you have some sort of spiritual framework you were framing that in, this, 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 this call to the universe for, for something? I'd,
1: I'd um, you know, you've got to put it in context. At that point, I was very materially focused and I was skinned. Uh, and so I'd started reading a lot of law of attraction books. Um, I'd seen a friend of mine, and she'd been going off to her law of attraction. She'd she paid for a coach, and um, she was having law of attraction coachings, and I thought she was burning her. She might as well have sort of burnt her money, and you know, I was quite skeptical, but then I watched her starting to transform her life, and I I, I became quite curious, and so I'd started reading a little bit, but mainly because you know I had still had that very you know if, if I learn to do this, then I can have more money. That was my mindset at the time, but the more I sort of explored that, the more I realized it's not just about money you know there's also it, it's about life it's about how um, it's about consciousness it's about you know creating full stop um, and so it it kind of got me on a path and um, yeah it's funny that same friend. When I did this shouting to the universe, um, this moment that we had, you know, this moment of real desperation, really, it was, you know, my rock bottom. And I said, please help. And um, what had been quite interesting is, and I, I wasn't involved with Reiki at all at that point, but within about 20 minutes, I had this series of synchronicities. Um, which I because of the reading I'd been doing about the law of attraction I was actually able to identify as synchronicities and at least had that sort of understanding that oh I should maybe follow up on this this might be something I wouldn't normally do but you Mm. know maybe I ought to explore this further so it sort of given me a a little bit of a a framework but it was very very shallow and um, she phoned up and she said there's a um, there's a conference on in the UK would you like to come it's a it was a millionaire woman's boot camp. <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you know, that was, um, and um, I really wanted to go. And I said, I haven't, I've, I don't know whether I'm going to put food on the table for my kids or petrol in the car to go to work. I can't get to, to, to London for a, a long conference. And she said, oh, no, somebody's dropped out, it's all paid for you know, you've got to get seven kilometers up the road and we'll pick you up on the way through. The ferry, the the, we had a beautiful apartment in Docklands and it was full of all these just awesome women that had learned these basic um, ways that the universe functions and were sharing with other women to uplift them and to help them out. And they, they were sharing what they'd learned. And it was... It was a real eye opener for me and and while I was there, um, one of the women did um an eye gazing exercise, which i actually I, I still use a lot I love it, and um, we had to look in the eyes of a, a total stranger and just stare into their eyes and, and that was a bit strange for me because i I'd, I'd kind of anticipated going and um you know, I was going to learn to market and to do business and to make contacts and network. And, uh, and it never dawned on me that there was anything even vaguely spiritual about all this no. stuff. And during the course of that eye gazing exercise, I had, um, I don't know, what would you describe? A mystical experience, a spiritual experience, a kundalini experience. I, I, I still find it really hard to find the language for it. But I I literally, I realized how connected we were. Um, It was, and I can feel it now, actually. I I had this huge, it just felt like somebody had taken a big syringe into my heart center and was just pumping me with just this, just love, I suppose, is, is what I describe it as. But it just went through my whole body.
0: Was that coming from this other person or was this coming from somewhere else? no.
1: It's an It was an interior thing, I think. It's funny, I've never thought about it. Never, so I've never asked that question before. There was definitely a sense of connection. No, it was bigger than both of us. You know, I, I say it quite often when we talk about Reiki and people say, you know, is it something that you do to some, you know, is this your energy or my energy? And I think when we're in that space, there isn't really a you or a me. Well, there is, there's you and me, but there's also this space in which everything is interconnected and, and somehow it's... Maybe somebody, by
0: opening up to this other person, you're opening yourself up to that, to that, that is beyond the other person.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely had a sense of like the cosmos and the universe in her just by looking into her eyes and realising that we really... And, and yet it was somebody I'd not even spoken to her before. She was a total, total stranger. And I was on a high for about three weeks afterwards. I was literally, um, I, I, couldn't stop grinning. Mm. I, I mean, I was a bit a bit <laughs> manic, really. I was. It was like a kundalini
0: experience for sure. It,
1: it was, you know, definitely, and just couldn't stop um, vibrating. And that actually started a couple of weeks before I learned Reiki. A couple of weeks later. Okay. Um, yeah, it turned out that one of the girls in the the, the apartment that I was staying in was a Reiki teacher. And, you know, in this series of synchronicities, and she said, oh, your daughter gets headaches. You should learn Reiki. And and I still to this day don't even know how I paid for that, you know. Um, but within a fortnight, I was, I'd been on a course, and, and the minute I learned, it was like...
0: And so uh, it, it,
1: it, it, it just felt like it was something that was so natural and so familiar to me. It didn't feel like something new, you know. It was like, wow, I... <sighs> I just just felt like I'd come home. It just yes. felt so comfortable and natural.
0: And yeah. can you maybe explain for, if someone doesn't know what Reiki is, what what is Reiki?
1: Yeah, um, that's a very good question. And it's, um, yeah, my description descript of, uh, of it has sort of evolved over the years, so probably you'll listen to this in a month's time and I'll tell you something different. Um a lot of people think of Reiki as um, a healing technique, you know, and that's, that is part of what Reiki is. You know, there is this aspect of healing, um, but i much prefer to, it's much more than that. Um, there's, there's a, a fantastic Reiki teacher called Franz Dina and he got a, quite a lot of um, France. sorry, Fra- what's his name? Franz Dina.
0: Oh, okay. Dina. Yeah.
1: Um, and he, um, he got quite a lot of translation work into the, 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 the translation of the word, the Japanese word, reiki, and it's two separate kanji. And, you know, with... With, um, with... Like, from English to French, if you were to say a door, it would be a pot. It's like one word means another word. A window is a fenetre. But in, in, in Japanese, it, it's much broader than that. You know, they talk much more in terms of, um, you know, concepts and ideas, and, you know, they give a much, more, a much broader sense of something. So the, if, if you were to look at the word rei, um, it describes, you'd find, you know, if you could, you could pick up 13 different dictionaries and you'd get 13 different words. So you'd, ha- you'd find words like pure, and divine, and benediction, is that an English word? Um, And um, cosmic, universal, spiritual, soul. Um, You know, you get all these wonderful, so that gives a sense of what this energy is. Um, And then the key is more that that idea of movement or of a process. So that talks, you you get a lot more um, words like the breath, Mm. energy um so so it get but which is why when you go on the internet you'll see different descriptions of Reiki. you know you'll see yeah. universal energy but it gives a sense of of like an ongoing process of something that's continually moving and so it it's, it's you know you've got this wonderful life force energy it's that thing that keeps us a, alive
0: and so do you and, put uh, your hands on people too? cuz cuz a lot of japanese modalities work with that energy don't they like the, the acupressure and shiatsu and and um other disciplines, Jin jitsu, they all work with this energy. How do you work with it in Reiki? Do you put your hands on a person or
1: um yes, and no um because ultimately I think it's you know it's pure consciousness, it's life force energy, so I often work one to one with people i have often have people um for sessions, and sometimes I touch you know touches touch is wonderful you know it's so real, it's so lovely to feel nurtured and um but it's uh, uh, but I often work at a distance in fact I love the the distance work um because it, it kind of breaks down those barriers from people you know you'll be sat with somebody on the opposite side of the world and um And they'll feel the energy as strongly as somebody, you know, whether it's heat or cold or tingles, or they they might move in a different way or see colours, or you know, quite often they'll have an experience in the same way that they would if they were lying on a massage table in front of me. And so that's, yeah, it's cool, Um, and I love that because it actually breaks down people's barriers, you know, it 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 knocks the belief system out of the way very quickly. So I love to work like that.
0: Yeah, that they can feel something from someone who they've never met, they've never met and they're not even in the same room.
1: Yeah. And you'll say, Oh gosh, you know, I I sat down and I didn't have an achy shoulder and I've got this thing going on in my, my shoulder. Is there an issue there? Or, you know, you might feel an emotion that comes up or a a thought pattern. I'll become a, I'll, I'll become aware of. So yeah, that's, I've, I've become over the years, I've become much more sensitive to, you know, to much finer vibrations and much finer levels of
0: information, really. Mm. And look, you, you have this really great video on YouTube. I highly recommend that you um, tune into this. If you're listening to this, tune into the Geometry of Love uh, video where you show um, a, a number of healings that you've done through Skype. So there's a person on the other on the other side. And there are these sound effects that happen when you do the healing. Could you tell us a bit about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, gosh, this has been a, a real, it's been a real journey, actually. I, I might just take us back at a, a stage. Um, you know, shortly after we had all this, um, what I would call as an awakening experience, um I went and learned Reiki and very, very quickly afterwards I had this succession of um I don't know what, what you describe now as mystical experiences, I guess. You know. Um, so so, so what, I learned what Reiki. Of, what it, kind of
0: experiences? What, what what do you describe as mystical experiences?
1: Well the the, the, the first one um the, the first thing that happened well the first of all I became aware of, you know, like most people that start working with these energies, you know, you become aware of, sen- much more aware of sensation, of vibration, of heat and cool and, you know, maybe seeing colours. It's all, um, but I, I had my daughter came in. She was probably, I don't know how old she was. She was quite young at the time, but she crawled into bed at, you know, three o'clock in the morning. When you're in that halfway, you know, you're not really awake and you're not really asleep. Yes. And um, I think she had a tummy ache or something like that. Um, but I I remember saying to her, um, I just remember feeling a real compassion for her. You know, it's like she's my baby and she's not very well. And, you know, it's that it was a real emotional experience. Um, but she said, Mum, can you give me some Reiki? Because that's like a common cry in our house these days. And so I started sharing Reiki with her. But I was still half asleep, you know, a very good mother that I am. It's like it's still three o'clock in the morning. And while I'm lying there, these, at the time, I used to see a lot of clouds of color, less so these days. Um, And they formed, they they formed into a very, very clear geometry. And I could see these like nodes, these points. And it was a very precise geometric structure. And I could see the energy flowing between these points. And I remember thinking, wow, this is what love looks like in action. Mm and um and I we were there probably about 20 minutes and I was like I wanted to open my eyes and see if it was still there if I could still see it with my eyes open and eventually I did and I was still able to watch this uh, and I lay there for probably about an hour an hour and a half just sharing waking just watching this this energy and it it's ca- it captivated me um and, you know, spent a lot of time then trying to find that form. You know, what was it? Mm. And I actually found it um, uh, a couple, of, it took me a couple of years, but a couple of years later it popped up in uh, on a YouTube channel I was watching. You know, you have the adverts down the side, and it was an advert for, um, for some jewellery, and it was a piece of sacred geometry jewellery. Mm. And it was a, a geometric pattern that was revered by the Pythagoreans for its healing properties (laughs) and I just remember yelping going oh my god that's that was that's it that was it that was the shape!" so that's kind of what got me you know it became a real curiosity for me and then very very shortly I had a very like a very rapid series of these almost like visions if you like and then um because I was started exploring this stuff I'd gone off on a a remote viewing, um, I was doing a remote viewing exercise and we'd learnt self-hypnosis and, um, to the, the, the first exercise we'd been given was, um, very, very quickly, a very quick succession of things. Um, we had to mentally project ourselves to a place and the, the girl that was, Teaching us sent us so quickly that the mind didn't have a chance to get in the way and say, "Don't be so ridiculous." yeah. yeah. And it, it kind of felt like an imagination thing to me.
0: And you had to get some information, did you, or, or see something, or? Um,
1: well, she sent me to. She went said, "Go to your go to your grocery store. Go to your your mother's house. Go to your." And I did, and then she said, "Go to your the, your first school." And I went to my first school, and there was a housing estate there, and I was over the top. And that really blew my mind. And when I checked, I actually went back to visit it, a couple, you know, when I next time I went back to, to England and that's exactly what I'd seen. And that was like, wow, that wasn't just my imagination. It's like, I actually went and saw this. So i had been, I, I was quite blown away by that. And I'd been playing with it and, um, you know, doing some exercises to, you know, I went down and visited that pony I really missed and, um, was able, it's it just the, the craziest thing. I was, you know, again, it felt like I was just imagining a really nice experience, but I was um, mentally, I was, you know, wandering around this stable and I, I can describe that there was an arena in front and the stables to the side and off to one side, there was a big barn and there was a pine forest behind. And I had no idea where this pony was. Right. But after this experience, I went back and I, um, I went back and I looked um, online to find out who her rider was now and what club she was with, and I Googled the website and they had a beautiful aerial view of the yard and it was where I'd been. And it was, you know, that was just...
0: Those confirmations are always oh, very satisfying, fabulous. aren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not something I I do a lot. It's not something I've really invested a great deal of time in. So I, but I've been I've been playing with it. You know, it's like, wow, this is like, this is really interesting stuff. This consciousness thing. It's like, what what's it all about? And I'd I'd gone to a place that I loved being um, in Corsica. There's a little place with a view out over the bay, and I thought, I wonder what happens if I go up and get if I can get a better view and project myself upwards and before I knew it I was in I was in the universe and I had the most just incredible experience of and I think it's something that a lot of people describe you know when they talk about near-death experiences um I, I I found myself in the universe and seeing the universe, and seeing all these amazing, um, seeing energy flow between planets, and in the in in much the same way that I'd seen in that session with my daughter, I could see this geometry and these and these these just energy moving and just these amazing colours. But at the same time, I was, it, I was I was the universe, so I was simultaneously. In the universe, but I was the universe, and um, and I, you know, I, and I knew I'd have to go and understand about more about, um, you know, about astrology and how the planets worked and how energy flowed, and so again, that that was another another thing. And then very shortly after that, again, I um, I had what I can only describe it as a vision. And I was in. Um, it sounds really nuts, doesn't it? It sounds nuts, except it's all come. It's all happened. Well, I don't you know, think it sounds that
0: true. nuts. I don't think it'll sound that <laughs> nuts to people listening to this.
1: Yeah, it's you know I've always been this left brain, very sensible, mature, professional person, and here I am, you know, having all these freaky experiences. Um, but I think that's kind of important too. You know, I'm yes. not some hippie weirdo. It's I- like,
0: Absolutely. And you're in very good company. You know, there's actually so many people have these experiences from all walks of life. And we just don't talk about it very much. And I think that's why they still continue to be, you know, that we judge ourselves and we, we go, oh, this must seem weird. But really, there's so many of us that have this So I think it's really important to have these conversations to make it. Yeah.
1: So do I, you know, I I blogged anonymously about it for the first couple of years because I just thought, my God, my, I'm going to lose all my clients. They're just going to think I'm crackers. And today I'm so comfortable with um, this whole process. It's just fabulous. You know, I love it so much. And so much I've seen so much good come of it that I have no doubts. And I am more than happy to share on, you know, as, but so I'd, I'd had this um a, a lot of my a lot of my um my work my teaching what my learning happens in the early hours of the morning um you know just at, uh, a couple of hours before the sun comes up you know that that mystical hour and i literally get vibrated awake and i see stuff i know stuff i go to bed with a question i wake up and i know the answer um, Probably because I'm not very, you know, quite a busy person in the day and I probably don't get quiet often enough. And that's probably
0: when I'm most receptive. (laughs) That's when they can catch you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, she's gone, get it now because she's still. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'd had this vision. Um, It's the only way to describe it. I wasn't asleep. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't dreaming. But I was in that halfway, you know, you had a foot in both worlds, really. And Um, I saw this vision of myself and I was in a a conference um, and I knew, I didn't see them, but I knew it was full of scientists and maths and science as something that, you know, probably my greatest fears, you know, that really, that whole idea of speaking to scientists, I found quite terrifying. Um, But I was on a stage and there was somebody in front of me on a massage table and I'm passing my hand over them and behind me on this big screen, were these geometric patterns that were moving in real time as I was moving my hand. And I was explaining about the meridians and the chakras and, you know, DNA and all things that I knew absolutely nothing about
0: mm.
1: back then. Really, You know, i had very, very certainly knew nothing about DNA. But, um, and I was explaining about how our emotional state changed this, you know, our thoughts and our emotions influenced these shapes. But I had no idea what these shapes were and and again it's um it stayed with me it's it's really um it's like a worm in my head that vision it's and today that's actually what I do it's um you
0: speak to scientists I,
1: I, I talk in conferences about um cymatics and, and I had no idea what cymatics was you know I, I was just again at doesn't happen overnight you know this was two years later and I'm sat in this room which this house used to belong to my mum and I'm sat by the fireplace behind me watching YouTube video and I was watching TEDx talks and um, there was a guy gave a talk on cymatics and I went oh my god that was what was behind me and it's like that's how energy works (laughs) that's how consciousness moves that's the this is And I've been obsessed with it ever since.
0: Well, I'd never heard of cymatics until I read your information and I had a quick look. So maybe you could explain what is cymatics?
1: Yeah, I mean, cymatics is the study of sound and vibration made visible. And there's all sorts of ways you you can do that. You know, back in the old days, they used to sprinkle a bit of sand on a cladney plate and they'd bow it so that the different frequencies would make... you probably seen it online it makes different geometric patterns yeah um, and today um, you can use things like a, a cymatics view or a um, cymoscope um, so you have a, a sensitive water membrane and you can play either music or a frequency or a vibration a, a sound um, you play a sound through um you know that we plug an m p three into it is is the the way it tends to work these days. And obviously sound makes a vibration. It has mm-hmm. a vibration. It, and the, the frequencies vibrate in a certain way. And what happens is you can you can put a bit of light across um, uh, on the top so you can actually see what's going on. And you play us the sound goes through this sensitive water membrane. And what you find is it just forms the most amazing geometrical patterns that are constantly morphing and changing depending on what frequencies and
0: Mm. what rhythms. Um, So if if you play a single frequency, will it kind of take a shape and then stay in that shape? And then
1: yeah they tend no they tend to they tend to keep moving <clears throat>
0: okay you know
1: they would say, man never puts his foot in the same river twice, oh. but there are definitely common you know this sacred geometry, this sort of stuff that you see in church windows, and yes. you know in the Kabbalah it is represented a lot um. And I'm actually really interested in the times that it's not represented. You know what's going on then that makes it really discordant, and you know why, you know what what happens when we're not getting geometry forming. And um,
0: it made me think a little bit just reading about it. Made me think a bit about those um, experiments with the water. Have you seen those where where people infuse water with with intention? You know the the, the thought forms and the crystal structure.
1: Yeah, the Masaru Moto yeah. stuff is very very linked to it uh, and um yeah and certainly thought and emotion has been um yeah it there's there's a you know it, it, it's definitely linked you know I have no I have no doubt in my mind that that's that's what we're, we're seeing um yeah so it's been really interesting we've been um so I I, I kind of knew that this is how we were going to to visualize Reiki and um but I had no idea about how to you know reiki it's a silent thing it's yes. like it's quiet there's no noise to reiki it out how do you get that and um yeah so i tried for a long time I, I contacted people in switzerland and i was i looked at all manner of technologies and couldn't work out to do it and the uh, the, the funny thing is um again i asked i don't know why i didn't do it sooner but you know i i Every morning, I have this little ritual where I, I, I set my day, I, I form my intention for the day, you know, the things very, in, in very general terms. And I, I actually said, you know, how on earth am I going to get, um, no, I could go back a step. I'd actually phoned um, John Stuart Reed, who's a world cymatics expert, and said to him, you know, John, I really, you're going to think I'm nuts, but I really think we can see Reiki. In this in this form, and he he said to me, "Yeah, I'm, I'm quite sure you're right." He said, "Just get me a sound file, and we'll see what we can do." And it was like, "Well, how on earth do you get a sound file of Reiki?" You know, mm-hmm. where's it's it, it, because it's a silent process, albeit internally. Um, I, I often hear frequencies and rhythms and. You know, there's a lot going on, I think, that it's not an external sound, it's an internal sound. In fact, I, I quite often wonder at people who have tinnitus, you know, is it, are they just hearing their own energy? I
0: Well, people talk about the, I mean, the OM sound is, is, is a representation of the universal energy field, isn't it? That's, that's the, the principle and whether that's... You know, you can tap into that, right, and hear it, or hear different variations of it, perhaps at different times.
1: Yeah, and I've I've noticed as well because I, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time becoming aware of these inner sounds, and um, I've realised that they change depending on how I'm feeling. They change depending on my emotional state, um, and I can change that with my thoughts. I can change the frequencies I hear just by changing my you know changing what I'm thinking about Mm.
0: and
1: you know if I'm angry sometimes it sounds like I've got a combine harvester going through like (laughs) going through my head and it's like oh I better start paying attention to what's going on internally and you know I can flip if I change my way of thinking or my way of feeling it changes those frequencies and I've also noticed as well that um You know, the more I become aware of this stuff, the more I've realized that there is a link with um, the the planets and the movement of different, you know, constellations. Um, I've got to a point now where, you know, I I can lie in bed and I'll, I'll, um, before I've even put my feet on the floor in the morning, I'll be lying there thinking, God, I feel really irritated. It's like, And it's like I have no reason to be feeling in a bad mood or irritable, but there's this sensation in my body, it's a vibration, it's a vibrational state. And because I've started really paying attention to that, um, you know, I can start making the links with, oh look, there's Mars, it's up there (laughs) at the moment. And it it provokes a a very fast moving, fast vibrating, high frequency energy that makes you want to, to move. Whereas, you, you you know, you could have another day and there'll be this, you know, I just feel like, boof, you know, I'm just heavy. really down and heavy and and it's like, oh, look where Saturn is. You know, so I'm, I'm actually starting to make the links between, you know, or you might be with somebody else, you know, some other people's energy and ju- just well, that's where to- That's
0: where I tend to go. I mean, my 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 thoughts with those sort of changes in in my own energy, un, un, you know, un- unusual or that don't really seem to relate from anything that i've done myself i my first thought is connections around me with people I, I hadn't thought about planets really you know it's more people physically and maybe when you say waking up i don't know how you feel about this but but maybe connecting with people non-physically during your sleep um that that might have left you depleted something like that
1: yeah that too i, th- I think all of that I, I think all of those things i think they all have a Uh, an impact you know there's so that we're surrounded by living beings that all have their own energy fields and but you know we're also part of these nested systems there's you know cycles within cycles and systems within systems and you know it's such a complex thing Um, but I've just started really paying attention to that stuff and I just find it's 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 fascinating and, and just looking at the larger cycles of things, you know, um, you're seeing all this disruption on the planet at the moment. Um, and, you know, asking those questions, well, why is that? Why is everybody feeling that way? You know, are we just winding each other up or is there a, a larger cycle, that vibrational state that plays somewhere? Um, you know, people have prophesied these times for, you know, centuries ago, I don't think it's so random. I think there's something we can learn from these vibrational states. So I'm sorry, I got completely sidetracked, but there's the cymatics, I, I started, um, I asked um, is is what I did. And it's like I said, well, how on earth do I get an audio tape of this? And uh, it, it was, again, pretty instantaneous. You know, somebody phoned me up for a session and I I got the idea, you know, these random ideas that pop into your head, like they were my idea. Yes, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, now I, I, you know, where does thought even come from? You know, where do these ideas even come from? I don't know, but I had this idea to start um, working online via Skype um, because I thought, oh, I can work in English,
0: and
1: it's easier for me to work in English. I, I speak fluent French, but it's still easier to it's work. Still in English. easier, yeah. Yeah, so I, I ended up um, working in in um, working online with people, and what I found was as soon as I started working on Skype, these sounds started coming out of the speaker of um, my computer. Yeah. So you could have a completely normal um, phone conversation with somebody. You know, for twenty minutes we'd be talking like we're talking now, and the minute you consciously decided to start sharing reiki these sounds would start and like vroom vroom yeah. vroom.
0: Fascinating.
1: Um, very um uh, if anybody wants to go on my my youtube page or on soundcloud i've got a page all sorts of different sounds and different um sometimes they're very high-pitched um very rhythmical um you know, sometimes they're very fast. Uh, sometimes they're very erratic. Uh, I've noticed there's a real staticky sound that comes. Um, that that's not dissimilar actually to the sound that you get if you put a, a cell. You know, these days they've managed to find a way of um, recording the sounds that cells make. And don't ask me how they do it, but they've managed. You know, they yeah. have a sound of a healthy cell, and then you can compare it with the sound of a cell that's been you know, they've added toxins to the water, or it's stressed in some way, mm-hmm. and it makes a very erratic, like almost like a radio that's stuck between between two channels. It doesn't make a; it has no rhythm or sound. You know, it's just a static. And I've noticed that coming up uh, in a lot with people who've um, who are very stressed, or who have bone conditions, or certain types of cancers and things. So I'm starting to make the links between some of the sounds. Uh, um, and it's it's early days, you know, I'm still ploughing my way through it and maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe it's just... But, um, yeah, so we've been looking at... I've, I've been recording all my online sessions for a few years now. Yeah. And it, it, it's, and then we've been running these sounds through a synoscope and seeing what comes out. And they just make these amazing geometries. Or they don't, which is even more interesting, you know, when you get this staticky sound. Um, it seems that it's not capable of making any geometry. It's just there's no structure to it at all. It's or or if there is, there are lots of holes in it. But, you know, it it's early days. I, I wouldn't like to say that's definitively how that's going to wind up, but it's something I'm I'm certainly interested in doing a lot more of. Mm. It's um, fascinating.
0: It's a fascinating area of study and exploration.
1: Yeah, I know it it really is. And I've, you know, we've even found that in some of the sessions, if there's a, um, if if there's a lot of um, emotion uh, involved, quite often I, I, I'll actually hear my, I've actually managed to register, record my thoughts
0: um, yeah, I was going to ask you about it because we haven't actually spoken about your book at all yet and your book uh, is called ancient teachings for modern times and um, in your book you do talk about there was a passage there where you you mention about hearing your thoughts um, like you have thought it and then somehow you record the audio and I, I was actually curious to hear more about that I think that's what you're referring to now right
1: yeah it's it was a really um oh wow you read my book I love that <laughs> no it's it was a um I, I had a session with a girl um and she this is right at the beginning of when all these experiences started up and I realized that this wasn't a one-off you know the first sound that came up and then I I got on the phone to a load of friends and said you know help me out do a reiki session with me quick this is really exciting <laughs> and and then, but most of them tended to be other Reiki people that I started experimenting with to begin with. So I um, I got in touch with somebody who I didn't know, I had no contact with, and she'd had no experience with Reiki. I wanted somebody that was completely independent and neutral, and I wanted to see if it happened. And she was really quite freaked out by the the sounds that were coming out from her speakers. You know, she was she was off in the UK, and I'm here in France, and we're both on our own, and I've got the video of it and um she kept i i I'd kind of become if it's possible, it's become quite normal for me now, you know, working in this way it's it's just something that's just one of those things, and I'd got quite accustomed to people falling asleep or meditating and becoming very relaxed, and she wasn't she was freaked out by the noises, and she kept looking at her speakers and then she'd look at me and then she'd look at her speakers and she'd look at me. And I found it quite uncomfortable and, um, you know, emotionally I was getting quite ruffled. And in my head, I know, I yelled at her, relax! (laughs) You know, I was like, for God's sake! But I remember very vividly this word. I shouted at her internally, you know, just relax, for God's sake. And when I played the video back afterwards, um, you could actually hear that word. And what was, I, I find really interesting about it, it was like an echo, but it was an echo back to front. Um, so it started very quiet, you know, it was almost an indistinguishable noise. And then you heard, relax, relax, relax. So it actually amplified. And um, I again, I played around with that at home. I would love to do this in a lab. If anybody listens to this, I would love to try this. And, and replicate it. And I found if I just, I was I, I spent a while getting friends to give me a word, to throw in, to, you know, give me a word and I'll see if I can make it come out in the recording. And I found if you just gave me a, a random word, like banana, be- because I knew what I was looking for, I could vaguely detect it. But what happened is when there was emotion involved, yeah. you know, it was almost like I put a big set of stereo speakers on it. And again, it's it's just one of the things on my list of things I'd like to explore further, but I just haven't had time to do. But I think that could be really interesting too. Yeah. I, I really do think you know these these thoughts have an impact on that wider space that the, the frequencies that are around us. There is there is something the old mystical teachings say that thought is um, thought is a thing. Thought is as much a part of the physical world the world as um you know the table that uh, or the chair i'm sat on yeah. or the body it's but it's just much finer um you know it, it's just more rarefied it's it's more it, it's less obvious mm, mm. but it's still is still part of our our physical experience it's just we don't see it and um yeah, I, I've spent a lot of time exploring that that whole idea and and how we move that and you know what. So the the, the links between our thoughts and our emotions and our physical um, reality, I found really fascinating. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I spent a lot of the last. Yeah, and how that's and how that's impacted by the wider world, you know, by the planet, by other people, and. You know, whether we even have to engage with that, you know, whether we can actually get our state where we don't get, we can just go, oh, look, there's this thing going on, but I don't actually oh, how curious, but I don't need to get triggered by it.
0: You Mm. know, it
1: doesn't have to drive me. Because I think so often we just instinctively react to all this stuff that's going on, this soup that
0: we're well, that's, I mean, in. that's a big part of your book, right? That the control, mental control, emotional control, becoming, being in charge of ourselves. That seems to be something you emphasize. And it was good to hear your story about how you described yourself, you know, in the early days that you were, you were always whining. And because you you, you, <laughs> you discuss that in your book, but not personally. Like, and I see that you're talking about your own journey, really. In, in Yeah,
1: the book's pretty much
0: episode. me. This yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I haven't nailed it. That's for sure. You know, I don't think my kids will, will say, Oh yeah, mum, you're a, you're a, you know, there is a, there is a part in there saying that nobody's perfect. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still there. Um, yeah. I don't know about controlling it. I, I, I would love to have that level of mastery. I don't think, you know, I'm working on it. I I'm trying, but at least, um, yeah, I don't know. I would love to have that mastery. I don't know that I'll ever get there. But at least being aware of it, and maybe not being triggered with it for by these things for so long, you know. I still, you know, I still respond to things. I still react, you know. But I'm Makes much more win. likely, yeah. But I'm much more likely to lock myself in the toilet for <laughs> twenty minutes than I will to go and fight with somebody now, or I'll take myself off for a, yeah. a stomp around with a dog. You know, I try and I try and become more aware of the
0: impact right so you don't want to have the impact on the people around you in the same way
1: yeah and also understanding that everything is two things you know everything has two poles so if i'm feeling this way then there must be the opposite is you know that other end of the spectrum is available to me and so when you see these things you can go aha okay so this is this is anger but this could also be action or it could also be courage you know i could be really brave here." you know, maybe I could try a new project, you know, maybe it's, it's the same energy. It's that energy that makes that little seed grow up, you know, sometimes through concrete and it pushes it to develop into something new. It's the same, it's the same movement. It's that upwards movement. Um, Or I could just get really, I could just go and shout at somebody. It's like, so when you become more aware of what's going on, then you you know you start learning to work with it. It's like, okay, I, there's this thing, I don't have to, I don't have to stay there really wound up about something. I could actually use that constructively instead of yeah. So so yeah, that's why the the that's what, how the book evolved really. It, I, it's not the book I sat down to write. I sat down to write a book about um I actually sat down to write a book about um lots of different healers from different modalities, healing modalities, because I was curious about the links. Right. And then I, so I studied loads and loads of different healing
0: techniques. Um,
1: And then I realized... What kind of
0: techniques are we talking
1: about? Oh, God, you uh, put any label on it, you know, everything from EFT to quantum light weaving to chill, you know, all these, oh, there's so many access consciousness, I, all of it. And I was always looking for something better, you know, something more powerful. You know, what's the next powerful technique? And then I, eventually it dawned on me that I didn't need any of those things. And um, which is why now I describe myself as a Reiki teacher because, you know, it, you could put any label you want on it. It's, you just realise that, I think I just dawned on me that what you really want is that connection with your your true self you know yeah. your inner self that's where the power is and the rest are just the rest of it's just superficial techniques and what really matters is however whether you use you know whatever whether you have a, a religious dogma or a, you know a spiritual practice or a healing technique ultimately it all just comes down to connecting more deeply to to that higher consciousness, if you like,
0: and that, that um, higher consciousness that is within us is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, well, I, the, the book that I wrote was um, it, I, it was a four o'clock in the morning book. You know, I'd come down at that time when I was in that halfway state, and I'd try not to um, put the lights on. I'd try and work by candlelight so I could stay as long as possible in that state. Um, I'm wary of saying it's a channeled book because uh, that's kind of then puts me out of the process. And I was very much involved in the process. You know, it wasn't something came in and wrote this book for me. Um, so I'm wary of the word channeled, but it, it does feel like I was somehow connected to that part of me that has a much broader perspective, if you like. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm there but also connected to and, and sometimes I look back at it and I you know I pick I'll have a problem and I'll open, flick it open to a page and I'll go, where did that come from?
0: Who wrote that? <laughs> too,
1: yeah, it's far too wise. like and I it, it still blows my mind, you know, and I but I think that's available to all of us. And that's really, you know, that's the part of Reiki that really fascinates me is um you know people see it as a healing technique. I love healing, yeah, I love healing work it 's fantastic, but I love also helping people understand what 's going on for them inside you know what 's the pattern of thinking and reacting to life that makes them sick and I love using it for um, people who you know maybe want to bring a new technology through or a new form of medicine and working with people to help them. You know, they've got a question on on molecules. I don't know the answer. Uh, you know, little me doesn't know yes, the answer. Yes. But somehow in the sessions, they somehow go, ah, hang on a second, I know how that works. <laughs> and, and somehow they, they, you know, it brings through that clarity or an answer to a question or... So it, d- it's,
0: d- it comes from the person themselves, what you're saying, you're doing the Reiki and then the person...
1: Uh, quite often they'll... they'll yeah, quite often. I mean, sometimes I'll know things, you know, some t- like uh, I'll go to bed with a question and I wake up and I, I don't know, sometimes I'll I'll get, I've just found myself being really interested in things that had no interest, to me, that they were just of no interest to me before. But, you know, I'll wake up and I think, oh, I must go and Google entropy and I'll see an image of a, an elastic band being pulled back and understand, you know, when something's put under tension, then you let go, and then it pings forward and it gets all muddled up. And but uh, it's just really odd, you know. I understand things about all. I'm curious about all sorts of things that were of no interest to me before. So sometimes I'll have the answer. Um, sometimes I'll have the answer, and I wouldn't want to share it because it just doesn't feel that it's the person's even ready to hear. Mm. Um, and, and sometimes they just like. They'll be in the session and they'll know, um, and it could be any manner of things. You know, it could be a technological problem, or it could be a, um, you know, just a, a question on, you know, do I stay with my boyfriend, or why, why do I keep beating myself up this way? You know, what, yeah. what, what started that cycle of, of negative behaviour? You know, that negative think, that stinking thinking that we all have. You know, where did that? come from and you know, some people sometimes somebody will they'll just know it from a relationship when they were in childhood or um you know the way their father viewed them when Make they were growing inside. up or,
0: yeah yeah which can be very liberal yeah, and of inside
1: and that for me is um yeah it, it kind of helps us access a higher consciousness I, I guess and that is really what intrigues me most about um, the, the work I've been doing, but you know, who knows what will intrigue me next week? <laughs> <laughs> I've just I've just learned to, um, yeah. It really makes me um, think of these women, um, not just women, you know, the, the the mystics as well. But it it makes me think of like the 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 main ads and the the oracle at Delphi and these, yes. you know, the woo. And these women that reach a certain age and used to help bring through, you know, this divine wisdom for their communities and Mm. and that was of service, you know, it might tell them where the best place to go and hunt was or, you know, a a new philosophy that would help with something cultural or, um, you know, help evolve some new technology. And, And I think women have been doing it. In particular, I know men too we've all got that that side but there is something about that that whole um feminine Mm. aspect of women of a certain age you know the
0: old crone wise the wise woman
1: yeah for sure wise woman crone i've got that look now (laughs) but um yeah i i think there's something to that and i think we would be wise to pay a bit more i think it's needed you know we'd be wise to pay a, a a bit more attention to that voice that we've all got within us. Mm. But, you know, maybe some of us have worked it a little bit more than others over the, <laughs> over lifetimes. I don't know. Um, but it kind of, it, it feels like, it feels like more of a remembering. It feels like something that I, I kind of, yeah, it's, it's an odd thing, but it feels like it's something I, I've known how to do before. Yes. And it's like, oh, I, I, yeah, this makes sense to me.
0: Well, I think, I mean, this is how, for, for so many people that have these experiences, it's it's often more like a homecoming, isn't it? It's like you're coming back to something that's familiar. Um, rather than discovering something new, you're rediscovering something old that you've always known and forgotten for some yeah. time.
1: Yeah. I, I can see a lot of parallels with people who've had near-death experiences and my experience, although I didn't actually, I suppose I did nearly die, a, a, you know, a couple of times, but it wasn't, you know, the, the classic near-death experiences like you have a near-death experience, and then instantly you're out of the body watching. Yeah. Um, So I I guess I've had that experience um, on a couple of occasions, um, but not uh, simultaneously. You know, the the time frame was different. Um, But certainly there's a lot of parallels there. You know, I've I've, I've spent quite a lot of time listening to um, consciousness uh, researchers, talking to people who've had near-death experiences, and you know there seems to be that that once you've been in that out of body state, that um, you do when you come back, coming back is even appropriate. I'm not sure it is, but it it feels like, you know, they're wa- walking with a foot in both worlds. It's yeah. like you're here yeah. grounded in the physical, and you're also somehow still connected to that that you know that divinity. I don't know what you. I really struggle with the language of this stuff, you know because I think there's been so much dogma around it over the years
0: yeah it's it's important to avoid the dogma isn 't it, and yet still feel relaxed and talking about the yeah yeah ups-
1: and and that's really why I wanted to write the book you know that I wrote because I wanted people to understand that even though these these ideas have um, have been there through the centuries. And and they, they're the same themes that go across all traditions, you know, whether it's Hindu or, you know, or it's Christian or it's um, Native American or, you know, Wiccan, uh, these pagan traditions, the same principles Everybody's apply. And I, wanted to, yeah, and I wanted to put it in a context where um it's available to everybody and easily understandable to everybody and not, you know, just a bunch of masons. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, exactly.
1: So and, and understanding that we can use this stuff to to really enhance our communities. Mm.
0: And,
1: and to just create a much just a lovely a much lovelier life, a much simpler life. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why I wrote it. And
0: uh, Yeah, look, well it's it's lovely and, and we are we are really just about out of time. Um So, if you would like to let people know, you know, where can they find out more about your book, about your work? Maybe somebody's curious in having some strange sounds coming through their speakers while they get a (laughs) writing session from you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, by all means. There's quite a lot of information on my website, which is petermorton.com. It's all lowercase and P E T A, uh, petermorton.com. Um, And the book is out, you'll find it on Amazon, Ancient Teachings for Modern Times, The Way to a Rich and Deeply Satisfying Life. Um, It's available for pre-order in all the the good bookshops and on Amazon, Um, and you'll find it on my website. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much.
0: No, thanks for coming on. And I'm looking forward to, I'm sure there'll be more books coming from you so yes i have a
1: i have a feeling this is just a a foundation (laughs) this is yeah i think you may be right all
0: right thanks peter
1: yeah thank you
0: as i said in the intro peter and i got back together a couple of days after this conversation and recorded a short reiki session as you listen to this i invite you to treat it as a meditation relax stay mindfully present to your body and allow yourself to receive the Reiki. For me, the effects of the Reiki included an activation of the crown chakra, with a light but tangible and pleasant tingling sensation that gradually moved down to affect the entire upper half of my head. While the Reiki is happening, you will be able to hear the kind of sounds that are regularly produced during Peter's distant healing sessions. I can confirm that there were no sounds when we started our call, and as soon as the Reiki stopped, the sound stopped. I actually thought during the session that Peter must have some birds at her home because it sounded to me like chirping. But she assured me that she had no, no birds and nothing else was causing these effects. So what you're hearing is the sound of an energy science has yet to understand. Yes,
1: yeah, so what I thought we'd, we could do is if I um, just do a very short meditation... And I'm going to form a, a very general intention I don't like to have anything too precise that um, you Kim and and me and anybody else who's listening to the the podcast you know either right now or in you know weeks and months ahead that um, that they receive whatever it is they need that's perfect for them right now and that um, whatever's needed to nurture and support them and to, to give them a, a a sense of well-being and then what I'd ask is that you just um, it's probably better if you shut your eyes and you pay attention just notice without judging it in any way you know what you're feeling in your body you know, sometimes some people might see colors um, they might have imagery they might have thoughts in the head you might notice a tingle You might notice a tingle, you might um, notice energy flowing through your body, contraction, heat, cool. Some people won't notice anything at all, and it's all fine. It's just a question of um, being aware of whatever it is that's going on for you right now. And then I'm just going to just start sharing some Reiki, and we'll just sit quietly for a little while. Thank you. whenever you're ready just become aware again of your body just feel the weight of your body in your chair your feet on the floor if you're touching the floor just with your fingers and your toes and then whenever you're ready come on back
0: I really hope you got some value out of today's episode If you did, why not leave a positive review on iTunes and share it with your friends to help others find it. The tune seeing us out is Axel Teslev's Akasha. Axel is a Finnish virtuoso who creates some awesome fusion music that is well worth checking out. You can find more information about today's guest, including any links to their work on my website, multidimensionalevolution.com. While you are there, check out my blog and my book, which you can purchase from any good bookstore if you want to show your love for the show. Finally, please get in touch. Whether you want to ask questions or simply share your experiences, I always love exchanging information, and that is what this is all about for me. Otherwise, you'll catch me when you tune in again. Until then, I'm sending you my very best energies.